1: You are listening to the One Good Scare Podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare Podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm here with Max Mallow and we are going to talk about True Blood yet again we already went through the premiere, talked about some of our favorite moments, and looking back at the episode with Maddie Lennon a few weeks back. But now we're going to revisit one of the best shows ever and talk all about season one.
2: Yeah, so we announced that we would kind of do a summer of True Blood review, talking about every season since it's my favorite show and one of Natalie's as well. And we're not going to do them in consecutive episodes because that's a lot of... True Blood to consume. So we're going to be doing them on off weeks. So this week we'll do season one. We'll have a break, do something else next week, and then the week after that, and so forth, until we're done with it. And it gives us enough time to watch the season so we're not binging just, you know, a ton of vampire content over and over again, but super excited to talk about it. We'll be going over the entire first season with, you know, we'll we'll save uh, the premiere a little bit since we did a full episode on that, so we'll, we'll hit on the important points there, but if you want a, you know, a super in-depth talk about the episode, go back, check out the episode we did with Maddie, and hopefully, if she's available throughout the rest of the uh, the time we review the show, she'll come back on for an episode, and it'll be a lot of fun, considering that it's, you know, like I said, my favorite show, and is it in your top three?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's one of my favorite shows, for sure. It's so hard to pick a favorite show. There's so many good ones, but this is up there.
2: I agree. And I think going back and watching it, there'll be a ton of nostalgia. I'll really enjoy it. But, you know, it'll be a swift or a a drastic change than what I've normally been watching now. Because, like, (laughs) Ted Lasso is just my favorite show. Oh, good. It's so, like, heartwarming. and just (laughs) makes me feel all, like, warm and fuzzy on the inside. And, like... (laughs) Someone said on Twitter that I read, it was like, you know, the whole point of the show is not to take life too seriously. And True Blood is the complete opposite of that with <laughs> gore and, and sex and violence and stuff like that. But it'll be fun. I'm excited to, to do this for the next... I mean, it's going to really be 14 weeks, essentially. 14
0: a week. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, see you on the other side.
1: <laughs> yep. Here we go. So, before we start talking about Season 1... Of True Blood, we do have a little announcement to make. So attention, listeners across the galaxy. Our friends over at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. You'll feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. You can join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com. For 20% off and free shipping (laughs) with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off and free shipping. The code is FANSIDED20. Just go to manscaped.com, and there you go.
2: Yeah, if you're wondering why Natalie was laughing, I was making like a, all systems go. (laughs) Yeah, all systems go. Houston, no problems here. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah, check it out if you're interested. Uh, I haven't got my hands on the 4.0 yet, but the 3.0 was great, so... Like you said, all clear for takeoff. (laughs) Um, And, of course, we're not going to be doing a weekly news roundup because there's not much going on. And talking about a full season of True Blood is going to take a while. and We don't want this episode to be two and a half hours long. But, of course, everybody needs to know that Ice Night Kills released a new song. It's called Assault and Batteries. It's based on Child's Play. The music video is just like the first movie. It's amazing. Go listen to the song. And, uh... And yeah, you, did you listen to it? I, I know I sent it to you.
1: I did not listen to it. I okay. saw your message, and I was like, oh shoot, I need to listen to it. But I forget what I was doing. I don't even think I was working. So I didn't go back to it. I
0: apologize.
2: Thanks. Real real true pal there. Yeah, the, <laughs> the music video um, is an homage to the original Child's Play. Of course, there was the announcement that there's a Chucky show coming to sci fi, which will be okay. more true to like Seed of Chucky and all those movies that came in that franchise. Not part of the reboot that had Mark Hamill voicing Chucky, but fun Easter eggs in the Ice Night Kills video is that Bill Mosley is in it, and so are uh, James A. Janice and Chelsea, who, you know, Yay. as you know, they're dead meat and they like to get scared together. And hopefully one day we can have them both on the podcast. That would be awesome. But I was like, you know, it was like uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood meme where Leo's sit phone pointing at the screen. I was like, oh, (laughs) that's how I felt in real time. So that was awesome. Um, So, yeah, check out the song. If you don't like metal music, I won't blame you if you don't check it out. But it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And if you're a horror fan, just watch it because the band does a great job paying tribute to... All the movies and franchises that everybody loves, and they're awesome. I've seen them like 12 times. I'm going to see them again in November because <laughs> I just have to. So, yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's your Weekly Horrors roundup really quickly. Natalie did not discover the internet for anything. And now it's time to talk about True Blood Season 1, one of the better seasons of the entire yeah. show. Definitely, you know, at the end of it, we'll do like a whole ranking when it comes to the best and worst seasons. But this show uh, definitely has worse seasons. And this one is very different. And I think our listeners will come to to find that if they're kind of watching along as we do reviews. You know, it's a a lot of show to watch. But this season has a lot of different beats that are abandoned for different storytelling later on in the show, uh, just based on how much gets introduced, and it's definitely jarring to go back and watch this season for a first time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I forgot how much I like this season. Um, It's very compact, tells a full story, and of course, towards the end, they tease a lot of what's to come, and of course, the first time you watch it, you don't realize that so I really like this season, um, and I guess we can we can get right into it. So, like Max said, we're not going to go full force into the premiere because we already did that for over an hour in a past episode. So, if you want to listen to that, go back and listen to that. That's available right now. So basically, just the the basics of the premiere. True Blood opens up, and vampires are welcome into society. They are living amongst the humans because a drink called True Blood, fake synthetic blood has been produced, and you can buy it at the gas station, liquor store, whatever it might be. You can buy it, and vampires can can live amongst humans. So that happens. We get introduced to our main characters. Soki Stackhouse is our main main character. Um, she works at a bar, a restaurant and bar called Merlats. Um, and the main plot of the season gets introduced in the first episode, which is that murders start taking place in the town, and they don't know who really did it. Women start getting murdered specifically, and Sookie's brother, Jason, is arrested and accused of of doing the first murder because he had sex with the woman who was was killed. So that basically opens up our entire plot for the season.
2: Yeah, you know, it's definitely what you expect from a TV pilot. Mm. One from you know HBO as well. Think of like Game of Thrones when they introduced so many characters, and then the big twist at the end of the episode was that mm-hmm. what's his face, Bran, Bran, <laughs> the the king of Westeros, <laughs> was was pushed out of the tower by uh, Jamie and Cersei. Same way this kind of works, and you know it's important to hook your viewers with the first episode as well as introduce characters that either you resonate with immediately. Or some you're like, ooh, you're interesting. I want to know more about you and your story. And this does it super well. The entire cast is awesome. Um, The romance between Sookie and Bill is very uh, well established in the first episode with the the mystique and the aura of a vampire coming in. And, you know, around the time that this came out, Twilight was also super very uh, popular And the interesting dynamic in Twilight is that Edward can't read Bella's thoughts because vampires can read minds, but in this one we learn that Sookie's a telepath and she can't read Bill's mind. So a nice little swap going on there, but this episode throws you right into it. You know, you got the the true blood, gore, the violence, and it doesn't, you know, stop here. It gets way more intense throughout the rest of the show, and that's honestly one of my favorite parts about it is that, you know, when you kill a vampire in this show, as we'll talk about, it it's gory, it's violent, there's just blood mm-hmm. spraying all over the place. It's like very from dusk till dawn-esque. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. But that's the premiere. Uh, and then right into episode two, we get more romance between Bill and Sookie because obviously Bill has this attraction to her that's also reciprocated from Sookie. And, you know, for what we know it's it's genuine and yeah and that's what we're uh you know we're told to believe in the first uh couple of episodes and seasons but while that's going on we also get more stuff going on with the rest of the characters and mostly jason jason is a big problem in this yeah. first season and his character and in arc
1: many seasons.
2: for sure but his character arc is great he's just very much introduced as like a Blue Mountain State right, <laughs> type of character. He's just up to no good. He was the star quarterback in high school and stuff like that. And he's just, you know, basically, he's Suki's brother, is, mm-hmm. is how he's kind of established. And uh, he gets, I guess, I don't know. I'd say he probably has true feelings for Dawn. No?
1: Yeah. You would think so, I think right? So. I think he wants to date her at yeah. one point. Right. But it might just be because like she's playing hard to get, and he's like, "Ooh, well now I want you because you don't want me."
2: Right. Exactly. But you know, he's a bit of a player. He's definitely yeah. a bit of a player. Um. Yeah. But one of the other plot points that kind of gets introduced and teased as we go through here with Jason Saga is the idea of Fang Bangers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Fang Bangers are. A derogatory term used for humans who like to hook up with vampires or, you know, work with vampires for their blood because in exchange the vampires then give their blood to the humans because one satiates the vampires and kind of feeding on humans is prohibited since true blood is a thing. But vampire blood is a huge part of the show because it's basically like LSD shrooms, PCP cocaine all mixed into one and it's like the ultimate drug in the world
1: yeah yeah definitely and i think it's it's funny to see i think jason is such an interesting character because in the first season he's definitely very one-dimensional he comes off as a very very dumb person and the only way honestly that i could see audiences feeling bad for him is just because he's so dumb that he doesn't realize things i don't know he's very Right off the bat, the first two, three episodes, he's after sex. It's like the first thing always on his mind, and he's very judgmental. He, uh, I think it's in episode two, he finally meets uh, Bill, and he wants nothing to do with him. He doesn't want Sookie to date him, doesn't want him around at all, and is extremely rude to him, just as rude as he is to Maudette, who is the first woman who is killed, and Don was also eventually killed um because they were sleeping with vampires so right off the bat he's a very unlikable character i have to say
2: yeah and i don't know if it's just like to build him up and watch Mm -hmm. his entire character arc because much like the it's all over the place Mm -hmm. in the show Uh, much like the show is yeah (laughs) but um he Kind of has established a little bit of a red herring. Like, is he mm-hmm. kind of involved here? You know, classic like whodunit. Like, oh, who who's the serial killer? Is it the the brother, the overprotective brother, or is it the the boyfriend? And like, you know, I think I like Scream with um
1: mm-hmm.
2: with uh, what's his face uh, Billy and just being like, oh, Billy couldn't have sex with with Sydney, so could he be it? But it's. It's fun. It's fun to watch um, because just getting attached to Jason isn't a bad thing to watch mm. his entire character growth going throughout the rest of the show. And he's also a fun, like, dynamic played across from Suki and the grandma. Um, yeah. Because Suki's grandma is one of, like, the warmest people in the entire world. Suki and Jason are definitely uh, you know, Juxtaposition to cross from each other to be like one's well loved in town and the other one's a troublemaker. But then you have their grandmother who's just this saint, is <laughs> welcoming of, of everybody and everything. And that's who Sookie confides in when she starts to become attracted to Bill.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think just as, you know, Jason's character is established pretty early on, we get a lot of Sookie's personality. Of course, she's the main character. But I think there are a few key events that really show, you know, who Sookie is as a person, the poor girl, she can read minds, as we were kind of saying before, and everyone in town, you know, thinks she's kind of weird. She gets weird looks when she's working. um, And it's unfortunate because it seems like at, at the restaurant, the guys think she's hot, but they think she's weird. And she's reading all of those thoughts. And it's like, you have to go crazy at some point. I would absolutely lose it. But Despite all of that, she is just so caring, and she's also just fearless as hell. Like, in the first episode, she sees that Bill is being attacked by uh, the rat rays, and she goes and saves him, all of that. And then also in episode two, kind of towards the end, um, she goes to Bill's to kind of see him, and then she sees, you know, three other vampires are there that she doesn't know. And it's kind of like she knows she's in danger when she gets there but she doesn't think about it ahead of time, or she does and she just thinks it's worth the risk. I think kind of her and danger throughout the show go hand in hand based on just everything she gets into, but I don't think she really regrets, you know, getting into these situations where other people would totally not do it.
0: Right,
2: exactly. And she's not like, I don't want to classify Sookie as like a damsel in distress because she's definitely Mm -hmm. a strong character and she gets stronger throughout the series. Yeah. Um, but one thing you definitely get, like I mentioned with Jason, also with Tara, is like Tara who's her best friend, is also very protective of Suki. And yeah. it, you know, could be perceived that Jason and, and Tara both come from a place of like, we know better than you, Sookie. like don't hang out with a vampire, don't do this, don't do that. We're your best friends, I'm your brother, like we know what's going on here. And then Adele, like I mentioned, Sookie's grandmother, is very trusting of Suki and wants her to be happy and, you know, believes everything in her. Not to say that Jason and, and Tara don't, but it's an interesting dynamic there that, um, you know, I guess, fulfills a, a sense of maybe, like, uh, validation that Sookie's looking for. Because, yeah. you know, to go to her grandmother and be like, hey, I've got this vampire friend who had just saved from being killed by these uh evil people um you know he was around during the war and you love meeting with your friends and talking about the war so can he come along and, and speak to your friends and she's like that'd be great Suki. i'd love that and you know it's it's good because there needs to be someone who's kind of on Suki's side no matter what throughout the beginning of the show because it's very easy to be like Suki. what are you doing don't hang out with a vampire we know vampires are bad
1: yeah yeah definitely and i think even a couple episodes after that too um her sookie and bill get into a kind of a fight and she talks to her grandma about it and her grandma's like he's just different you know give him a try like she was very supportive about it and i think sookie even asked like aren't you scared that she's a vampire and and he's, she said, like I trust you, kind of thing. So it's definitely good to have that non-judgmental uh, person in her life. And I think too a reason why Tara is so protective over Suki is because she had a really terrible upbringing, and I think she really wants to keep the people that are there for her close. Not saying it in a selfish way, but she doesn't want to lose the people she's closest with because she grew up, you know, only having Suki and. Sookie's grandma, and maybe Jason. Um, so we definitely get into, we get to see in the in the beginning of season one, uh, Tara's relationship with her mom, Letty Mae, who is just another complicated character, I'll just say. She, in the first season, she definitely comes off terrible, but she's, you know, an alcoholic, she's abusive, and it really starts to show more than, more than ever just how,
2: how Tara grew up and why she is how she is. Right, yeah Lenny Mae is definitely a perplexing character uh, an alcoholic um, and it's very much portrayed early on that Tara it has very tough skin and grew mm-hmm. up um, with a mother who was either neglectful and just you know, it's definitely affected how she's grown up and it's been her and Sookie against the world and yeah, like we'll we'll try to cover all the other characters. That go, like, like it's very much mm-hmm. the, the main point of this season is the romance between Bill and Sookie, and then also our main antagonist, which gets introduced because as these episodes keep going on, like you mentioned, murders keep popping up around Bonton, and they're trying to figure out what happened because obviously we know that Bill ended up killing both the rat rays who yep. took out uh, who, who tried to attack Suki, and Sheriff Dearborn and detective Belfer who I love Andy and one of my like just favorite characters for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. He's hilarious. It, it gets end up, uh, it ends up being ruled that they died the rat race to a freak tornado, which would be very freaky if they just, <laughs> it was just a tornado and it only killed these two people and no one else heard about it. Um, but it, it's there, there's something going on for sure in Bonton, with, with all these different murders popping up, and then while all that is going on there's a lot of world building that goes on in this first season that is later alluded to and brought to light in other seasons um, and there's stuff that just kind of, you know it's a lot thrown at you all at once to, to build everything mm-hmm. like uh, Theodore Newland getting shown yeah. on TV which the, with the Fellowship of the Sun, which is the, the m- one of two main plot points of the second season, but Yeah, still very much going on. We're, in the first two episodes, are just getting Bill and Sookie starting to fall in love a little bit there, getting a little bit of the budding romance with Tara, Jason, Adele, Dawn, another one being an important character the first couple episodes. And, you know, like Lafayette, Arlene, they're not too prominent because we're yet at least they, yeah they become much important characters later on in the show but um right now they're just you know sookie's coworkers and friends
1: yeah yeah definitely so let's take our fir- first quick break and then we'll be right back and continue talking about it so another thing too just to go back to jason a little bit it's just so funny Oh, my gosh. It's funny because I like Jason as a character watching all of the seasons. But looking back at season one, he's just a shit. Oh, my gosh. Because it, he's just the kind of person that's judgmental until it happens to him. And then it's like, oh, well, it's fine. Because I whatever. Like, one of those people. Because um, he starts taking V pretty early on in the season, which is vampire blood. They call it V, the drug. Um He goes to Lafayette to obtain Viagra, and all Lafayette has is V. Um, So he starts taking V, and is is pretty quickly addicted to it. So it's just one of those things where it's like episode one and two. He's like, oh, you're a fang banger. You drink vampire blood, or you hang out with vampires. And episode three, he's fully on it. Ugh, God.
2: Yeah, (laughs) a little hypocritical. Um, But... Yeah, as we get into the kind of the heart of the season with episode three, um, Bill and Sookie's relationship is very much established because we get the iconic line uh, when Sookie goes over to Bill's house and she ends up meeting a, oh, what do they call it, when all the, the vampires live together?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not like a coven. but like, Yeah,
1: that was the first uh, thing I a, thought of, yeah. but I was like no, not a coven.
2: Because they mention that like, you know, vampires who feed on humans and stuff like that, they tend to party up together and and move around and live together and when sookie's about to be eaten essentially um bill shows up and is like sookie is mine and you're like whoa okay so bill has claimed sookie um for protective reasonings and then also for the fact that he is also uh, attracted to her in some sense you know yeah a little allusion to what's going on here. Um, it
1: seems like they're in love when yeah. you're watching this for the first time. It's like, okay, they're in love. They're
2: dating. Definitely rewatching it. It's like, you That's try to, p- you try to pick up on things, but, uh, for a first time, uh, watch through, you definitely get the feeling that, uh, it's a, a pure relationship here. Unless you're like, I don't believe what's going on here. I'm, I'm on to you. Yeah. Bill the vampire. <laughs> um, other stuff gets to go on. We get, you know, we get more of a, of Tara's relationship with Letty May. Um, like you said, Jason starts to do V. And we get another bit of a romance going on between Sam and Tara. Uh, Sam yeah. Merlot, who owns the restaurant where Sookie works at, uh, is very much attracted to Sookie. And, like, just crushing on her hard. While Tara... It's
1: just lonely AF. They're yeah. both lonely AF. Yep.
2: Yeah. And Tara is... Is it the first... She crushes on Sam. Jason. Or Jason. She crushes on Jason. At first, yeah. But ends up having a little bit of a relationship with Sam. So, love...
1: Everyone's everywhere.
2: Octagon's going on. Yeah, everyone's everywhere. Uh, But, you know, it's HBO. Yeah. So, um, but what ends up kind of kicking our our main plot into action is another murder happens, and Dawn is dead, and Sookie ends up finding her after her and Jason had a bit of a, a scuffle, and Don pointed a gun at Jason, and you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that kicks us right into episode four where Jason is once again <laughs> suspected of killing Dawn because Jason's, you know, he's just being scapegoated for everything, it seems.
1: Yeah, and of course he, you know, has been hanging out with the girls that have been murdered. So wrong place, wrong time like we said, not the smartest person in the world. So he kind of gets blamed for these murders. And it gets to a point now where, you know, Sookie, of course, loves her brother. She knows he didn't do these murders. But after, you know, two, two women are killed, people are pretty sure it has to be Jason. And, and, you know, Sookie and their grandmother are not okay with that. They're very upset with that. So Sookie enlists the help of Bill to try to see, you know, find out who actually committed the murders or, and if vampires are are involved. So that leads us to our trip to Fantasia, which is just the most iconic location of this show by far.
2: Definitely. It is a vampire bar in Louisiana, and it is owned and operated by the sheriff of Area 5, Eric Northman, who is my favorite character in the show by far, your favorite as well. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Correct me if I was wrong, but he is played by Alexander Skarsgård, and he's just this Nordic vampire who just has this aura around him. Because when you're introduced to him, he is sitting on this throne on a stage, just watching everything going on in his bar. And of course, he Long hair. Yeah. Oh yeah. Long blonde locks just (laughs) just parading down his shoulders, and you're like, who the hell is that guy? (laughs) <laughs> that guy seems like a badass. And while also getting introduced to him, we get introduced to... Progeny. That's what the word is.
1: Um, yeah,
2: Pam. Pam. Uh, Eric's progeny, who is also just an awesome badass character. Um, just has this, like, f you mentality to her, and she's not afraid to show it. Um, very much like... I think a cool character kind of element to vampires is very well portrayed by pam where it's like i'm a vampire you know whether or not i'm happy about it i'm a killing machine and i don't give a shit about anybody or anyone except for the few in my life mostly eric because that's her maker and humans to her like ants it's like get out of my way don't Mm. bother me Uh, and it's a cool um Portrayal because we very much get Bill, who's the friendly vampire. You know, <laughs> we get the evil vampires that are at Bill's house who are just like roaming around trying to eat humans. And mm-hmm. then you get this, like, very much alpha, uh, mom said zombie, um, <laughs> alpha vampire in uh, Eric and Pam. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome characters that get introduced here and become major parts of the rest of the show. But they're very much kind of like. They're introducing like a take it easy element. Like we'll get to these characters. Yeah, just know they're very important.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think their introduction (laughs) is awesome. Honestly, it's super dramatic, super theatrical, but it's like a hair from being over the top and corny. Like it's not overdone and it's not annoying, and you're not rolling your eyes. It's like just straight up cool. And we get, like you said, a little bit of them, and that's about it. Um, at Fantasia, Sookie doesn't find out too much. She is able to help them with someone who, who is either stealing or going to, going to drain a vampire, something like that. She's like able to help them because she reads someone's mind, saying that they were going to commit whatever crime this was. Um, so she helps them, and and you know she's definitely a little intimidated by Eric, but at the same time, she's still, you know, cool. She takes danger head on and it's fine. So um, after that, that's kind of the first argument, I would say Sookie and Bill have when they're driving home from Fantasia and a cop pulls them over. And this is the first time I believe that we've seen any vampire glamor someone. So Bill glamors the police officer, basically he tricks him messes with his mind and and kind of makes him do whatever he says um just so they can get away without you know being put in danger by by a police officer um many many humans are discriminative against um vampires so you know it was it was a potentially scary situation but of course vampires are very powerful so um he didn't kill the police officer just glamored him but sookie was you know not two into that um and they they fight about that and then sookie kind of starts this weird (laughs) friendship relationship with sam um and they date for like a day
2: yeah it's so weird it's a little weird there's there's, like, like we said there's a lot going on in this first season yeah um not to mention as well that while this is going on jason goes to the doctor uh, to deal with his downstairs uh, I bet he wishes he had some manscaped in this yeah. situation because um, he's having a uh, adverse reaction to the V and Tara ends up taking to the hospital and it's just like oh man Jason what are you getting yourself into dude it, uh-huh. but it, but it also gives off the feeling that like he might be a little too clumsy to be killing these people because yeah. someone mm-hmm. who right who's going around murdering people is also you know messing up this badly so um we get that uh we get something else at the end of the episode which is strange because all we know right now are vampires
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but for some reason Sam ends up going to Dawn's house to see what is up and he starts uh, oh, yeah. sniffing and and, uh, and rolling around in her sheets and you're like, Sam, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? Like, is that, like, your thing? Um, like, sniffing panties and stuff? Like, what is what is going on here? Um, but as we learn to find out later on, uh, he's got something uh, going on with him. Uh, a, uh, a secret power.
1: Yeah. And it's so obvious when you're watching it when you know. But first time, it's kind of just like, well, he's a freaking weirdo. I don't know.
2: <laughs> it, it's really weird. Um, do we... I guess we'll talk about it later or do we want to bring it up we can now yeah so there's kind of foreshadowing that goes on with a dog just appearing Mm -hmm. um and some animals and you're kind of like what well what are you doing here dog like why are you just checking out what's going on um but it ends up later being revealed that sam is a shapeshifter and he has the ability to turn into any type of animal and you know that's his kind of way of looking after Sookie and, and making sure that she's okay, um, but he was clearly using his, his dog nose powers be, to, to sniff around and see what was going on mm-hmm. at Dawn's house um, to try to figure out what is going on with the murders and it, it's strange. It's strange at first but yeah. it's uh, just one of the many uh, magical creatures that exist in the show.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think too, once, you know, he reveals that to Suki, she does kind of open up the discussion of like how many different things are out there in this world. And like, I think it also kind of like, turns a light in her head of like, what if I'm something, cause I'm the only person who can read minds that I know of, you know? So I think it was also comforting to her to see like, Oh, there are other like weird people, weird things out there. Um, besides, you know, me and vampires.
2: Right, so into season uh f- or episode five rather, um where the kind of ramifications of the argument and with Bill just going super emo and being like I will never call you again goodbye yeah <laughs> and I'm just like holy hell dude like go tweet about it or just like listen <laughs> to like Blink One Eighty Two and just get over yourself, um, <laughs> but uh, like you said, uh, Sam and Sookie end up going to the Descendants of the Dead, uh, the Glorious Dead were. Was- what the mm-hmm. yeah the the meeting and that, yeah. that Adele loves to go to and uh, that transpires while as well Jason and Tara which is kind of rude by Jason um, while on V tells Tara mm-hmm. that he loves her which is not fair to Tara because Tara has been crushing Does on Jason love him. right um, and then while doing so Jason goes and sleeps with someone else and it's <laughs> just like. Oh, Jason. Oh, Jason. Yeah.
1: She literally, like, walks out. of. She's, like, talked to me, like, about it more seriously or whatever. Like, she's, like, entertaining it. Of course, she wants to be with him, but she's not believing it so much. Um, But, of course, there's a bit of hope because if your crush goes up to you and says, I like you, you're going to be excited. So she walks out of Merlot's and he's just having sex with the one woman that they meet at the bar, like, just right on the ground right outside and she's like you're the worst like whatever she says is just hilarious but it's also just so sad it's like ah oh, tara wish it could have worked out but you're better than jason
2: yeah uh man season one jason is a p- so annoying
1: it's like it's really i'm realizing it a lot right
2: now he's <laughs> really annoying and he like it's not like he just becomes like the saint later on he's still annoying no at he's other parts. Still annoying yeah um You're just with him for so long, he starts to love him. Right, exactly. Um, And Ryan Quanten's great. Uh, Yes. I I only know him from True Blood and Dead Silence, but, (laughs) you know, he he does a great job playing Jason Stackhouse. Um, So a big part of this is while this is going on, um, at the the DOGD meeting, the Descendants of the Glorious Dead, um, there's some other... I guess plot developments when it comes to the murders going on um sookie goes with sam and then you know, sam has suspicions about tara and her brother are also raised when she went that tara uh lied to the police um yep. to give jason the alibi which is like hmm okay yeah interesting here
1: you guys hooking up or something why would you lie for him
2: right that or like <laughs> are we trying to do like a Tara and Jason are out murdering people together? And it's like some kind of crazy like Bonnie and Clyde situation. Um, (laughs) It's red herrings all over the place uh, because we don't really know what's going on. Um, And we get this cool speech with Bill um, at the the meeting talking about the Civil War and stuff like that. And you start to get the feeling that Bill is deep down a good guy even though that they had the argument about the police officer and admitted that like, hey, if you weren't here, I totally would have just drained this guy and eaten him. Um, yeah. but you know, I guess that's par for the course of being a vampire in the show. So
1: Yeah, and I think too at the at the meeting you start to see a humans kinda like warm up to Bill. Of course everyone was scared of him at first, especially people that, you know, attend these meetings are older and stuff like that. Um, but once he was able to, know, to, you know, answer questions about people's ancestors and, you know, people who used to live in the town and everything, everyone was, so, not everyone, a lot of people were very impressed and I think realized, you know, how cool it is that a vampire lives in their town.
2: Yeah. And I, just, I love that dynamic of like old people being like, can you talk about what happened back then? Like, it's just like a direct source to history it's not reading a book it's not recounting tales it's just like directly from the guy who was there and he just happens to be however old he is it's it's crazy it's super cool um and it's a cool way of kind of humanizing him throughout the season yeah uh but while this is all going on we've kind of ignored two important characters to what's going on here uh we've got hoyt Fortenberry, uh (laughs) who ends up being one of just like a heartwarming character for a lot of, of viewers out there uh, mm-hmm. he's Jason's best friend and he definitely gives off the like the nice guy who's like Jason like <laughs> like how do these two end up being friends but it's I know, know they grew up together and we also get Renee who is Arlene's are they married no their boyfriend no
1: their boyfriend, yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend yeah he proposes I think a little bit later on in the season
2: right whoops spoilers <laughs> um but while they're there we get this like weird thing where like uh as it's described on Wikipedia, I'm reading it. It's a, a trio of rednecks come into merlots to just cause trouble. Um mm-hmm. and we get just weird weird dialogue where the rednecks say the burger has AIDS <laughs> just like Yeah. And that really yeah, upsets they're... uh Lafayette who is gay and one of the best characters in the entire show. Um mm-hmm is just gets very, very upset and there's a little bit of a bar fight that goes on. Um but it's it's really weird. This is all kinda going on when Jason professes his love for Tara. So (laughs) I uh, it's weird. It's like going back and watching this and knowing where the show goes. It's so strange to watch this.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And I think too like the way that they introduce Renee, he's just like, you know, Jason's friend. They work at construction together. He's Arlene's boyfriend. He always seemed kind of sleazy, but, like, there was nothing outwardly wrong with him. So it was kind of like, all right, your background character. Cool. You're in there. So I think watching it back, it was like, oh, yeah, he was kind of creepy and, like, weird, actually. Renee? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's got a cool accent. And he's just, he
1: does. He definitely, the fake like, accent.
2: Yeah, the fake accent. Um, it's very... It's just like, oh, hey, I'm Renee. I'm like, okay, cool. Like... Nice to meet you. I, don't know, I feel like he important. would like
1: speak in riddles sometimes. Like he would just like say some phrases that I'm like, "Who talks like that? You're weird."
2: <laughs> he who wanders alone at night who <laughs> wanders for the rest of their life, and you're like, Renee what the, what the hell, man? Who
1: are you? It's like,
2: what do you want? How do you want your burger cooked, dude?" <laughs> um, but that's going on, and a little more character development there, and enveloping them into the show, while we get our murder plot. Advanced when uh, Sheriff Dearborn and Detective Bill Fleur uh, go to Bill's house uh, to kind of question him because, again, if we're really worried about Jason, why not just suspect the, the killing machine? Yeah,
1: right? a literal vampire.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Bill has a really good alibi in talking about how the fact that since the body was just not completely drained of all the blood, um, it couldn't have been him because vampires can't resist blood. Mm-hmm. Um, which... I'm sure some like vampires can, but you know Maybe it's it, it's a bit of a good alibi here to get him out of it. Um, and while that is going on, um, like we said, there's the the back alley sex scene with uh, with Jason and this girl, uh, Randy Sue, and that ends up pissing off Tara because why wouldn't it? A guy yeah. just confessed. You know, it's just like oh cool, the guy I've been crushing on loves me back. Great let me go outside. Oh, you're sleeping with somebody on the floor. (laughs) This is not good. (laughs) Um, And it's just, it comes out of nowhere, kind of like Game of Thrones esque here at the end of the episode when Sookie goes home after a terrible date with Sam. Yeah. Very weird. Um, Sounds weird, I'm sorry. (laughs) Right. It it is weird. It's like, she clearly has feelings for Bill just because they Mm -hmm. had an argument. She's going out and you know, goes on this date with Sam. But it's a shocking end to this episode because she arrives home and finds her grandmother, Adele, dead on the kitchen floor in a, a pool of blood. And it's very much like, whoa, why are we, what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely like a jump back to reality of like, oh shit, this is that show. <laughs> um, insane. And I think kind of here, it, it's just like a crazy image. Like you said, a pool of blood. Um, Sookie screams are iconic, too, so get one of those, the one of many, many, many that we get even in the season. Um, But, yeah, it's crazy, and I think, too, that's pretty much the the middle point of the season. Uh, We'll get into the second half and then, you know, everything that happens in the finale uh, in a second, but let's take our final break, and then we'll be right back to talk about what happens after. Cool. So... Obviously, Sookie is in bad shape as we open up episode six.
2: Yeah, she's grieving, um, and the the big thing that goes on in the episode, of course, is the wake for her grandmother. And we get a little bit of like Team Bill, Team Sam going on here with Sam being very jealous, and it's like, "I'll look over you, Sookie," and Bill's like, "I'll look over you, Sookie," and it's just—I like, got
1: it, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: just like two dudes fighting over a girl, and one girl, and and the girl is clearly interested in one man and not so much in the other. Um but we continue to get more of Jason having this drug addiction problem now to V. Um it's very much established that this is a super super addictive
1: hallucinogenic
2: Mm -hmm. drug that ruins people's lives. Um and it's it's sad to watch him kind of spiral because for all of his flaws it's not pretty watching someone's yeah. life just kind of unravel um because Soki still d- definitely deeply cares about her brother, and on top of the fact that you know there are murders going on in town of which he had in, you know love interests with, and I just mm-hmm. love lightly when it comes to Jason, yeah, but also the fact that his grand is now dead is just extremely traumatic,
1: yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's again, like, I feel bad for him for, like, two seconds, and then I'm like, no, no sympathy for you, only because, like you said at the beginning of the episode, Suki is hosting the wake at her and her grandma's house, um, and, you know, it, it's annoying. She doesn't want to be around people. So many people are there bringing food, like, in her face. Really annoying. And then Jason shows up when he finds out what had happened. He was, you know, deep in his drug trip thingy um on b had no perception of reality at some point came back found out that his grandma was murdered comes into the house and just smacks sookie and blames her for it because for whatever reason he thinks his grandma died because of vampires and because sookie dates a vampire it's her fault obviously none of that has any truth to it
2: at all yeah very sound reasoning here from the from the drug addict brother <laughs> yeah um it feels weird calling Jason that because it's so early on in the show. Um, I
1: know. I just felt so bad for Sookie in this moment. Like, are you kidding me? Like, she found your grandma. You were off getting high. You're making up these assumptions and acting on them. And you look like an idiot.
2: Right. Um, so while that's going on, the the funeral and the wake, um, it's... Shown throughout different parts of the the season so far, especially in the beginning episode, that uh, with Suki's telepathy, people have nasty thoughts about her uh, Mm -hmm. because she can read minds and people know, which is a very interesting dynamic. And no one kind of thinks twice about it. Just like, oh, this girl can read minds. What a freak. Um, But she has this big explosion uh, at the funeral because she just can't stop listening to what everyone else is saying about her. And she's just like, everyone, STFU. Get out of here! Like you're, you're telling you're, you're you're, just, kind of ruining everything. And she's just trying to grieve over the fact that the most important woman in her life is now dead. And it's very, uh, it's very sad to watch uh, what's going on with Suki here because she's a very likable character. Like you definitely get attached to Suki very early on.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I think another big point of, you know, the funeral and everything, too, is that, you know, she starts getting bothered that one of her uncles who, you know, is not in her life anymore kind of shows up. Jason kind of dismisses it, you know, and, and Suki's very, very, you know, adamant of, like, this is a bad thing. And you're kind of thinking, okay, that's kind of sketchy, you know. Um, but, of course, you know, she has so much pressure over under her, like, everything's going on so upset so it's kind of a quick moment in this episode that we kind of find out more about in the next episode um and another part about the funeral is letty may showing up giving her speech and embarrassing tara and then telling tara that she needs money not for alcohol but for an exorcism
2: there's a lot going on <laughs> yep <laughs> nothing no one's got like just like a nice None of our main characters, at least, just have like a nice, easy life going on in this town. Someone's either crushing over somebody and having their heart broken, or their mother needs an exorcism, so the mother says, or their grandmother's dying, or they're a drug addict. It's 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 a lot, um, but the the big thing at the end of this episode is that obviously Sookie and Bill get back together. Uh, more or less, they have sex together for the first time, which is a cool scene because you know we get Bill drinking from Sookie and. The whole fangs and everything like that—it's very sexualized, but uh, it's definitely a moment that like consummates the viewers. Yeah. I guess. Well, not only that consummates relationship for them, but like for the viewer to be like, okay, these are—it's our main relationship here, our two protagonists, and uh, that little argument about about the cop is is water under the bridge at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a really nice moment too because, like we said, Suki had just gone through a day from hell. She has so many people around her, you know, trying to help. They have good intentions, but it's like she just wants to be alone. And finally, you know, at the end of the day, all the noise is gone. Everyone is leaving her alone. She can finally then be with Bill. And it's like that's, you know, when she's alone, the person she wants to be with. So I think that was super important.
2: For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Sophie and Bill is a super... What's the word I'm looking for? Like... Uh, intense relationship for the viewer right like you buy into Mm -hmm. it it's very much like sookie and bill once you get uh invested it's a very yeah it's a relationship you get invested in um yeah is i guess the way to to describe it and it's very much like them two against the world she's Mm -hmm. this awesome character that you're starting to to really enjoy and he's just this killing machine who will do anything to protect her and it's 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 awesome um Bill and Sookie in the first couple of seasons is the best part about the show, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I love them together. Um, and, yeah, it just always seems like, you know, no matter what argument, what danger, you know, anything that's happening, they're always going to be together kind of in the end. Um, and that's, you know, what happens for a few seasons. Yeah. Um, but so... Uh, Back to Sookie and Bill, of course, they spend the night together and everything. Um, That's kind of when Sookie even more so, I think, trusts Bill because she confides in him and tells him about her uncle that showed up at her grandma's funeral. She said that he he touched her when she was a child, um, which is obviously a very hard thing to talk about, especially with, you know, someone that you barely know, you know, someone that you just started seeing. Um, so that's definitely a big part of, of, you know, their love story early on is that she's able to confide in him and, and tell him things that, you know, obviously she hasn't, it doesn't seem like she's told other people that, so I think that's a big part of just the trust that she shares with him.
2: Yep. Um, so that relationship is back together. It's established, uh, back to Jason. Yeah, Who is now just That's fiending.
1: more annoying.
2: Yeah, who's just fiending for his drug? He just needs his drug very, very badly. Um, goes to Lafayette, and Lafayette's like, uh, "No, dude, you're cut off. Like, get out of yeah. here." Um, but he ends up going to a, a vampire bar uh, to try to find more V. Ends up talking to Long Shadow, who's the bartender, and Long Shadow's a bit of a badass, mm-hmm. uh, and just is not a good not a good look for Jason here, mm-hmm. um, but. This girl, Amy, comes over, pretends to be his girlfriend, and gets him out of the trouble. Um, well, that's going on more of the exorcist plot with Letty Mae, which is also very weird. Um, definitely tell mm-hmm. Letty Mae is troubled and, and has a, a lot going on. Um, but she she gets the money after, like, offering her body in exchange for it from okay. a, a loan officer, uh, but she ends up getting the money uh, from Tara, and she goes to get her exorcism. Um which is
1: and that okay. happens.
2: Like yeah, we're we're getting an exorcism in this first season. <laughs> uh, cool, I guess.
1: Yeah.
2: It's just it's weird. Um there's a lot. Let Letty May is How would I describe this? It's like whenever you see Tara, right? Mm-hmm. And and for everything that goes on with Sookie and, and how happy she may seem with Bill and and what's going on in her life throughout the show, it's like Tara always has this constant reminder of Letty Mae and how much trouble that she has going on with her uh, her uh, alcohol problems and stuff like that. And it just yeah. it makes you feel really, really bad for Tara throughout the show, who has an awesome arc to follow. And I'm not going to talk about how it ends because that'll be fourteen yeah, weeks in 14 weeks we'll talk about it um but it's just it's it's definitely sad there's like the show very much in the first season makes you root for all these characters mm-hmm. uh, which is good and I really like that except for Jason
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah not Jason but yeah Tara has you know a lot of baggage in it it's such an emotional thing for her because it's her mom she wants to help her but she's also been hurt a million times before. And she's also still mourning for the death of Adele too, who, you know, was like a second mom to her. So a a lot of emotions there. Of course, she's gonna help her mom with the exorcism that happens. And then there's a fire at Bill's house. And of course, as an audience, you know, he's not dead, but uh, Sookie believes that he, he died.
2: Yeah, it's very weird to go from yeah. like, okay, your relationship was like hot and heavy to start with, then you got into an argument, and then mm-hmm. you went on a date with another guy, and then you had sex together for the first time, and now we're doing a red herring of, is Bill dead? <laughs> Which is very weird. Yeah. Um,
1: it's like, obviously not. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a very weird rollercoaster of emotions uh, that goes on with their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. But while... That's going on. We get like another moment of Bill really showing how much he cares for Sookie because he goes out and kills Bartlett, uh, yeah. the, the uncle that Sookie mentioned to him about uh, molesting her as a child. And you're mm-hmm. like, it's weird because you're like, good for you, Bill. Kill the guy. But also yeah. it's like, holy hell, he just went out and killed this this guy who, you know, it, it just out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but it definitely cements the fact that he cares for Sookie
1: yeah a literal
2: ride or die right there right literal um <laughs> we get like a, a weird like crash the party type of scene and we lots with um these characters malcolm diane and liam um mm-hmm. but bill ends up saving the day there um and and yeah it's really weird that at the end it leaves on this weird cliffhanger of like is bill dead like are yeah. we killing bill like no this isn't one Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill, and this also isn't <laughs> Game,
1: Game of Thrones.
2: Thrones. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, obviously this came out before Game of Thrones. And, right. And surprise-killing characters isn't something that Game of Thrones invented, but it's yeah. definitely something it popularized in mainstream culture.
1: In sh- yeah, and shows, for sure. Um,
2: but yeah, that's how that one ends, and then we get into our eighth episode, which is the fourth man on fire, um, <laughs> which is
0: weird. Fire.
2: It's, it's weird, um, with the whole his bill dead thing um uh, but we start to get jason's apparent redemption we think it is because he wakes up with amy's like is amy gonna save him is she gonna be the one who kind of sets him straight um and he wakes up there and they think they had sex that's what he thinks, he uh, thinks yeah but no they just did more drugs <laughs>
1: Yep. And then, of course, we're kind of introduced more into, you know, what kind of character Amy is. She's definitely, you know, a drug addict. She's very into V and she's very into like, we're going to connect together while we're on V and all of that kind of mumbo jumbo that Jason, being the character that he is, completely falls for. And that's exactly what he does.
2: He's like, great! I have now someone to do the V with. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to make it seem like the she like took care of him and like woke. They did V together, but like the whole idea of her saving him at the bar from Long Shadow mm-hmm. is like, oh, is
1: oh a good girl for him? Maybe. Right?
2: Is she just like bailing him out and trying to get him on the right path? <laughs> nope. They're going to do drugs together. Uh, but of all the girls that he's been with in the season so far, he definitely falls for. Amy, the most. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think so, which is just very interesting. Also, just to note, uh, Amy is played by Lizzie Kaplan, who's just so good. I love her. She's so good at playing someone that's a little off the rocker, and I respect that. Um, so, yeah, so basically, their kind of storyline continues. Like you said, they start taking B together. And eventually, uh, at some point in the eighth episode, they kidnap a vampire named Eddie because they want his blood. So now Jason is just spiraling completely.
2: Is Eddie played by Stephen What's-His-Face? Is that the blind vampire?
1: Um, no, I don't think so.
2: Right? Isn't there a blind vampire? Is that later on in the show?
1: This is the one that um, Lafayette, he was selling, or he was selling Vita Lafayette, that was like his source.
2: Right. I'm trying to remember, no, who made that blind vampire? Is he, Steven Root, is that the actor?
1: I think it is, yeah.
2: He, 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 what? Doesn't he come off as like a friendly vampire? Like he seems like he's a nice vampire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and
1: <laughs> he, was, he was supplying them yeah it is Stephen Root but he was supplying Lafayette with the
2: why did I think he was blood? blind oh you know what it is
1: I don't think that he is he's,
2: bl- he's the blind um, artist is he an artist in Get Out
1: oh <laughs> I,
2: think, I think that's <laughs> no, Stephen Root
1: were talking about in True Blood I was like wait I don't remember any of this
2: I think that's Stephen Root let me check you're gonna hear some, some clicking Steven Root get on. Yes, it is. I
1: don't remember. Oh it is?
2: Yeah, he's uh the one that um he sits down with what's his face? Uh Daniel colia
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, at the uh yeah, Chris. Uh outside at the the whole get together and he's talking to him and he's blind. I remember that. That's why. Um, that's
1: so funny. Stephen Root has been so many things. I just remember him best from Office. Office Space. Space yeah, like that's the Office Space guy.
2: T- take his his stapler. Don't take his stapler. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah. This this whole Jason and Amy thing is really like messed up. They suck. It's really messed up. Like Eddie is like like please. What are you doing? Please don't do this to me. And you're just like ah, ah, this is really weird. Um, it's an interesting like. Opposite to Kristen Ritter and Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad. Mm. You know? I don't know if it's just because Lizzie Kaplan and Kristen Ritter both have black hair. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But, like, Aaron Paul and Jason Stackhouse are kind of similar characters. They got trouble going on. Um, Both with drugs, ironically enough. Um, But yeah, this takes a super weird turn for the worse. It's so weird to watch this.
1: I know. It really sucked. It's really disappointing, but it's great content. Content. (laughs) It's very entertaining. Um, Yeah, so that happens, unfortunately. We also find out, shocker, Bill is alive. Amazing. Great stuff. Um, Also in the episode, I feel like a lot of things happen in this episode, but it's like kind of just to drive the plot along. Renee and Arlene get engaged. Woohoo. You know we're supposed to know that their relationship is important because that's that's in there um also letty may the exorcism she said that it worked and she seems like a completely new person which is just like okay and to even add a twist to that tara now is like oh i think i need an exorcism too (laughs) (laughs) for what reason
2: having trouble get an exorcism i don't know but it's, it's
1: like the, a lobotomy back in the day it's right like, all right well exorcism sorry it's just what we gotta do
2: seems like the, the feeling whole, weird today the logical conclusion to what's going on is an exorcism <laughs> um but you get like we said the whole kidnapping eddie stuff amy's like really dark side yeah to like lafayette um and that like Jason wants more B from Lafayette, and she's not a good person, not a good influence for what's going on here. Um, So, yeah, that's really sad to watch. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, we get more Fantasia, which is awesome. Uh, She goes there, uh, and Eric uh, asks her to use her telepathy to um, read the mind of Ginger, who... It's just a lovely character. <laughs> um, like, what's Ginger's thing? Ginger just screamed at the top of her lungs. Yeah. Uh, and it's, that's Ginger's thing. Uh, but she ends up using the telepathy to find out that Ginger knows the money was taken, but had her memory wiped, aka clamored, um, meaning that a vampire must have stole it. Uh, and while that's going on, uh, a long shadow attacks her. And it's... Uh, Whoa. Sookie getting attacked by a vampire. Uh which leads into episode nine. And an awesome scene. Um yeah. because picks up right where episode yeah. eight yeah, episode eight uh ended. And when Long Shadow goes for Suki, Bill stakes him from behind. Uh because what are the ways of killing vampires? Staking, ripping their heads off. Silver is very, very strong.
1: mm mm-hmm. I feel like there are so many in every show and movie, it's different.
2: Right. (laughs) But obviously staking a vampire is is Mm -hmm. the most effective way. Um, He stakes Long Shadow and Silky just gets, like, drenched in blood. Like, blood cannon special effects, and they'll just, like, do it. And it's uh, one of the most glorious uh, scenes in the entire show, and it's super awesome. Definitely, like, a holy hell, like, this is what you're getting into, Sookie, if you didn't already realize it. Um, And, uh, yeah, I love this scene.
1: Yeah, when you said earlier that, you know, the first season doesn't kind of skip out on the blood and gore, I immediately thought of this scene. Definitely the bloodiest scene of the season. Um, It's crazy, and it's awesome. And, again, it keeps you on your toes and just snaps you right back of, like, this is the kind of show that you're watching. We're not playing around here. This is just nonstop, you know, action, gore, and it's not overdone because this doesn't happen in every scene. That's why this one stands out so much. Um, But yeah, so Bill kills him, and it's very, uh, it's made very apparent right away that that's not something he should have done um, in the eyes of other vampires. He shouldn't have killed a vampire to save a human. That's just against you know, the vampire code stick together, all that kind of stuff. Um, but of course he's gonna save Sookie because he's in love with her. So we get that. Um, we also have Jason and Amy. They still, uh, they kidnapped Eddie, like we said in the last episode, and now they're kind of keeping him tied up in Jason's basement, which is just a horrible idea. I just hate to see him go down this road.
2: Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, it's really weird. Um,
1: it's terrible. Yeah, it's it gives bad. me such a weird feeling because it's not like Jason going along with it. It's not all Amy's fault, but she's just the worst that yeah. it makes me feel so bad.
2: Yeah. Like it's just watching a character sp- spiral out of control and yeah. you, you just can't look away. <laughs> just like, okay, this is what we're doing. Uh, going from being a bit of a player to a bit of a drug, ad- drug addict and a player. And now a bit of a drug addict, a bit of a player. And also a bit of a kidnapper, so <laughs> definitely a lot. Um, but while that's going on, uh, Eric and Pam uh, and another vampire named Chow uh, end up showing up at Bill's, and the repercussions of killing Long Shadow uh, means that now he has to be tried in the Holy Court of the Vampires. It's uh, <laughs> not what it's called, but
0: it's, it's
2: very uh, it's very like interesting. Like that. Yeah, to see the sheriff just show up and be like. You gotta come with me. You gotta be tried. <laughs>
0: like
2: <laughs> Bill's like, yeah, I know, my bad. I killed a vampire. <laughs> um, so Bill does that, and he tells Sam to look over her, um, which is weird. Weird, you know, because they're <laughs> kind of like butting heads. The fact that they like the same girl. Um,
1: I know. So- it's also like, who would he tell though? Not Jason.
2: Yeah, Well, yeah, Jason's too busy.
1: Lafayette, maybe?
2: Kidnapping other vampires. Um,
1: (laughs) Not Renee.
2: Not Renee. Um, Not Tara, who's looking for the exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, ends up going to Sam. Shows that Bill has a good judge of character, because even with the differences between him and Sam, he definitely trusts Sam, and Sam is overall a very good character, in the show has a good heart. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a sad goodbye, and Sookie goes to Tara, and while that's going on, Aaron and Sam are just hooking up, um, and while that's happening, um, the dog thing shows up again, and we're mm-hmm. like, mm, "That's interesting. Why is uh, why is the dog back? What is he a border collie, right?"
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is this dog thing?
2: Very good dog actor, whoever the dog was. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then like we said with Jason. It's it's weird that we're talking about Jason so much, because when we get to the end of the season, it's not about Jason at all. No. Um, But it's a little bit of the redemption arc starts to build here, because he ends up bringing true blood to Eddie. And it's like... He he feels bad. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, okay, maybe there is some good left in you, Jason Stackhouse. Um, But yeah, that's episode 9. And going into episode 10, the dog, like we said, it's finally confirmed. Um, that is Sam, and Sam, mm-hmm. after shapeshifting back from being a dog, is naked because, as we see multiple times throughout the show, Sam has to shed his clothes to transform. Uh, it's it just like it just a thing, you know. Like Super- another layer, right? Superman opens his buttoned-up shirt to reveal the S under his, you know, his work clothes. Sam just <laughs> takes off his shirt and then. <laughs> turns into a bird, or a plane, or a dog. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, we finally get the confirmation that there are other mythical creatures living in this world. Um, we have Suki's telepathy, which remains a mystery, um, but is obviously cannot just be described as like, she was born with it, or mm-hmm. maybe it's Maybelline. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not that at all. There's something going on with Sookie. Um, we have the vampires, and we have shapeshifters. So, yeah. not... Uh, not your typical like late 2000s early 2010s vampire show. It very much goes mm-hmm. vampires, werewolves, oh my, into the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know it's like a, it's like it comes off as like a weird reveal. It's like what is the point of revealing the same as a shapeshifter here?
1: Yeah, I know. I feel like it was a good point though because Bill had already lost, so now left, sorry. So now her and Sam are going to get closer again because Bill abandoned her in her eyes and Sam is like her in a way, not the same species, but he's something. Um, so I think that like this opportunity just kind of brought them closer together, which I mean, I'm not a fan of, but that's, that's really all I got.
2: Right. So his shape shifting doesn't really lead to a uh, very rewarding Plot line, mm-hmm. um, I will say uh, that'll be talked yeah. about in season four. But uh, yeah, another mythical creature introduced to the world, uh, and one that is definitely not as superior as the vampire, unless he could like transform into like a dinosaur, but he never does that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Tara goes on to get the exorcism and discovering that Miss Jeanette uh, is a fraud, um, mm-hmm. is not who she says she is. Because hey, guess what? Even though we got vampires and we got shapeshifters, exorcisms are still a bunch of BS. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and that whole thing just sucks. It's like just in another hit for Tara to take,
2: right? Um, definitely, but... it, it's like it's a similar parallel because like Jason very much is lost in life, and so is Tara. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you definitely think that in this season they're going to find their way back to each other, and that's going to be yeah. a happy ever after ending. It's not the case. Uh, but yeah, it's a bunch of BS. She ends up going drunk driving, um, and it gets very weird, uh, when yeah. she goes driving. Um, one, like don't drink and drive, but also I, it, it's so <laughs> Yeah.
1: Annoying. Yeah. I think what they were trying to do was like, just get Tara at her lowest point to where any kind of help would be welcomed. And it's like, just like such a juxtaposition, between what's going on now and then what her life is about to be for a little while. Um, So I think it just shows like, you know, after the whole exorcism thing turned out to be fake, she goes to Merlade, she starts drinking, she's angry, all that good stuff. Um, And it just shows, you know, how kind of desperate she is for things to change, I think. And so like you said, she drives off angry and she sees a naked woman and a pig just in the middle of the road, and she kind of swerves off. Obviously, that's something that even a sober person might do. Um, and she gets arrested, which sucks. But she was like, "Seriously, I saw a freaking naked woman walking a pig in the middle of the street," and they're, you know, they're just like, "I don't believe you."
2: Right. Um, so then, two other major plot points that happen in this episode: um, if Jason and Amy get into Bit of a kerfuffle um, because Jason does feel bad and it's like, "We should mm-hmm. let Eddie go. This is not right. Where we kidnap somebody?" Uh, and Amy's like, "No, absolutely not. We need the the vampire blood." Um, so they get into an argument, and Amy ends up just killing Eddie right in front of him, which <laughs> is just wild and so sad because it seemed like Eddie was just such a nice guy who didn't deserve this, um, and. You know, this is kind of accelerated by the fact that Lafayette is really upset that Jason did something. Because Lafayette mm-hmm. finds out. Um, but, yeah. So, Eddie's dead. Uh, God. Very sad. Um, and then, while that's going on, of course... Not to forget that Bill was taken off by, by Chow and Eric. <laughs> um, he ends up meeting the Magister. And the Magister is like... He's creepy. You don't know where he comes from. Mm -hmm. Uh, gives off this very ominous vibe. Uh, but the punishment for Bill, um, is that because he killed a vampire, he must make a new vampire. And, as we know, uh, a progeny is someone who, you know, you get very attached to that person for being the maker. Um, Mm -hmm. and it ends up being this young teenager named Jessica who's living a nice, quiet life. Um, but that uh, is the sentencing. And uh, Bill ends up feeding on Jessica. And we get the whole example of, of how to make a vampire.
1: Yep. And Bill is so upset about it. doesn't want to do it at all, of course. And it's crazy, you know, seeing Jessica this early on because obviously she's a lot different by the end of the show. And. I love her. I know you love her, too. But it's just so funny seeing, like, what a little innocent girl she was. And it's so sad seeing her turn into a vampire and, you know, wanting to go back to her family, wanting to go back to her normal life. And Bill kind of being like, you can't. But this is it now. Yeah. Like, you're basically dead, but you're not.
2: Well, you know you know what to say. If you can't do the vampire crime, don't do the vampire time. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Jessica Tambi ends up becoming... A top three character for me in the show. One of my absolute favorites. Uh, Deborah Ann Woll does an amazing job. Uh, who
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, is no stranger to the horror genre. She was in the Escape Room movies.
0: Mm. I
2: think she was in the second one. I think I saw her name attached to it. Maybe not. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> but, you know, it's like Saw, but Escape Rooms and PG-13. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're not going to get the gore that you would want out of a, a movie like that um but yeah into episode 11 because we only have two episodes left here and things start to accelerate out of control um jessica is fully made um and we now have bill and his progeny something he never had before uh, mm-hmm. to our knowledge uh and that's a new budding relationship because why not let's just introduce everything and anything in this season
1: I know. I honestly didn't remember that that happened in this season. I thought it was the next season, but yeah, obviously it changes things for Bill. It's kind of like you find out you have a kid (laughs) and it's like, oh shit. All right. Well, my priorities have completely changed now.
2: Right. Um, And while that's going on, let's wrap up Jason first. I know we've Mm -hmm. kind of like... We're kind of trying to hit on the main plot points, like we do bring up other smaller things along the way, but there's a lot that goes on, and we've kind of very much focused on Sookie, Bill, um, Tara, and Letty Mae, and then uh, Jason, but you know Lafayette and all the other characters are definitely brought up throughout the rest of the season, but these are the very important ones to know. Um, Jason and Amy, they do their drugs together. One last time, it seems. <laughs> one uh, last
1: time, yeah. One,
2: for old times' sake, let's just do this drug. Um, and while doing the drug, uh, they go to bed, and Jason wakes up, and Amy is strangled to death. Uh, and in doing so, Jason is taken to jail. So, seems
1: another like,
2: one. Right. Seems like he's finally been framed for good. Like this is it, or maybe he just did it and he didn't know he did it. Yep. Um, but it's uh, it's it's weird uh to see just everything transpire between like the suspicions and everything like that to just like, yeah, you're going to jail and that might be the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that's going on, uh, Tara is also bailed out of jail. So it's like, as one enters, ooh, one leaves. Yes. <laughs> um, and she is bailed out uh, by this woman named Marianne Forster, who don't know much about becomes a very, very, very important character mm-hmm. uh, in the next season. But hello, new character seems to be important in Tara's life.
1: Yep, and she's definitely like this mysterious person, but like we said, Tara's kind of at the at the end of her wits here. She needs someone to save her, basically, and Marianne seems to be that person. And that's about just as much as we know in this episode, at least.
2: Right, uh, and then Sookie and Sam are trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with all the kills. Um, there's a vision, and she... Kind of figures out that some guy named Drew Marshall might be the mm-hmm. killer. Uh, so the police officer ends up faxing the information over to Ponta. But um, while that's going on, we get more fighting between Bill and Sam because they end up Bill sharing. Comes back. Yeah, Bill comes back. He's like, "Okay, I took care of what I needed to take care of. I paid. I paid the vampire time um, for the crime." But <laughs> yeah, they share a kiss, and then Bill comes in, and there's a big fight, and. It's clear who's going to win this fight. Right. Uh, but we get a super cool feature of this fight. show uh where Suki disinvites Bill from her house um which is like I rescind my invitation and because vampires need to be invited wow. in and he flies out of the house. It's it's so cool. Uh you know I don't know how they did it. It was just like special effects or something like that but they definitely yeah. could have just attached a wire to his back and just been like yoink <laughs> and just pulled him right out of the out of the set but uh definitely a powerful moment to see all that happen and just yet another hill yep. on the roller coaster these two are writing
1: yep it's definitely i think them when they first get together and have sex it's kind of like that running scene in the, in the cemetery that part and then this her rescinding the invitation they're both such like powerful parts, just like wonderful scenes to watch, very visually uh, stimulating. And I mean, this is just like an epic breakup. Like I'm sure so many people wish you could just do that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> instead of just yelling, get out. And the person's like, nah, I'm fine. It's like, no, I rescind my invitation and then whew, you're out. That's it. it, epic.
2: Very epic. And also just, man, we went from, how many fake breakups to killing a guy for her? Twice. Yep. Um, into, that's it, we're done. You're out of here.
1: And she was, so I'm always on her side. Right. But she was mad because he left. It was like he had to, or else he could have died.
2: Right. So.
1: Meh.
2: Definitely. Um,
1: I don't know. She's still mourning, okay?
2: Right. All the characters are flawed.
1: Emotions <laughs> are high.
2: There's no perfect character in this show. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Except for... Hoy. Sucky, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Except for Hoyt Fortenberry. <laughs>
0: yes.
2: Um, and anyway. Andy, I think, if I remember correctly. We're going to be watching these seasons as we go along here, so he might yep. do something I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, so while that's all going on, I rescind my invitation, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the facts of Drew Marshall comes in. We have this uh, suspected killer that's been going around and just taking people out, and it ends up being a photo of one mysterious, ominous Rene.
1: Yes. And I don't remember the first time I watched this, but I can assume my jaw drops because that is a great way to end an episode. And, you know, as this is going on, the, the police officer or whoever is at, you know, by the fax machine, they're not paying attention. It's not like it comes in, someone grabs it and it's like, oh my God. Um, this reminds me kind of like a big Dexter reveal um, just like a very minor thing that comes in, the audience sees it and no one else does. And now we know the mystery is, is pretty much solved. I mean, they could have subverted our expectations and then had another twist in the finale, but there isn't, that's that's
0: the killer.
2: Yeah, um, very cool camera work that goes on here. Yeah. Um, and you're like, wow, okay, I didn't see that coming. It definitely comes out of nowhere. Um, so, the final episode, You'll Be the Death of Me. Uh, we f- get Sookie and Jason explaining to each other, it's like, hey, I figured out like who the killer is and who's been murdering all these women in Bontan. Um But Jason's like, get out of here. I'm not listening to you. It
1: was me. It was
2: me. I did it. I don't know why I did it, but I did it. And you're like, okay, dude. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we get more of Marianne and, uh, and Tara uh, talking uh, and... The, the trust that develops there between the two, uh, and you don't really know it, I guess, but you get the sense that Marianne's going to play a really important role, whether in a couple seasons or, or right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's the whole big thing of this uh, whole episode with the after the reveal of Renee is okay, how do we deal with Renee? Um, mm-hmm. And Sookie takes matters into her own hands um by going in a car ride with her uh and she uses her powers and then reads his mind is the killer tries to shoot him but the gun that she had was already emptied by renee so it's definitely at this point you know that he's the killer he is a creepy motherfucker
1: yes exactly this is when you're like oh yeah wait he was really weird um I love the way that Sookie realizes it because I just think it's always great when, especially when the audience knows what the truth is, but then the character slowly but surely starts to realize it. And then once they realize it, everything just spirals so quickly. And the pacing is, is so fast because obviously it has to be.
2: Right. Um, so we get a, a whole big... I guess, fight scene, really?
1: Chase, yeah, chase the fight scene, yeah.
2: Um, where Sookie ends up going to a cemetery to try to escape Renee. Uh, and while it's going on, Bill, um, who... It's revealed that, like, if you drink somebody's blood, you're always connected to that person.
1: Yeah, so uh, he's, like, always in his coffin and he can, like, feel something bad happening. But if it's in the daylight, he can't do anything about it. But this time, he sensed true danger, so he came out anyway, right in
2: the broad daylight right uh Bold. And, and of course in this world we're doing the actual sun burns vampires we're yeah not, no no twinkly diamonds or anything like that <laughs> uh but it's like the ultimate redemption of like he's willing to risk his life for Sophie. Yeah. um and sam's there as well uh sam ends up hitting renee with a shovel after coming at him as a dog uh, because he's like, you know, the dog's not going to do the job. Let me grab a shovel. You
1: <laughs> know. The, the dog is, like, fast enough too. It's like, all right, dog and then person.
2: Right. Um, but in doing so, you know, we get Bill in the daylight cooking alive. Um, some awesome effects here of mm-hmm. his body being, like, charred and, and all bloodied up to the fact that, man, he really can't be out in the sun. And it's an awesome visual of like him persevering through the sun no matter what to get to sookie and save her yeah um and after getting renee uh they they end up burying bill because they think he's dead and that's the end of it um but after doing so he's actually not dead he's alive. they saved his life
1: Mm -hmm. amazing yeah so of course um kind of everyone knows that Renee is the killer. Jason is released. And, you know, Tara and Jason are comforting uh, Sookie, who is obviously very heartbroken because she thinks Bill is dead. But of course, he is not dead. We get kind of a mini time jump in, in the last kind of few scenes of uh, the season. Um, so Bill shows up at Sookie's door. He's a okay. Everything's fine. He's healed. They're, you know, officially an item now again, I guess. Um, And then we get our kind of final, final, final plot point, um, which is, you know, at the end of every episode, they leave it as a cliffhanger, and it's like a huge moment. And they definitely did that again with the end of the season.
2: Yes. Sorry for my dog barking in the background.
1: No, it's okay. Um,
2: (laughs) But, yeah, there's... um, a scene with Andy being really upset with himself that he was able to solve the case uh, mm-hmm. because Andy's just trying to be the good cop in town. Um, and while they're cleaning outside of Merlott's, uh, they go to help Andy to, the, to his car, uh, which he believes has been moved. And you're like, mm-hmm. mm, okay. Uh, and then they open it up and there's a dead body in the backseat. The kills have not stopped in town. You're like, oh man. is Like, did Renee have a partner, what's going on here, who killed yeah. this person, um, and it's a, an awesome cliffhanger to the end of the first season. Uh, leads us into the second season, and it's... I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but this is notably uh, a different angle that the show took compared to the books uh, that True Blood yeah. is based off. Um, so maybe we'll save that for next episode, uh, for season two, because kind of revealing... What they did in the books compared to what mm-hmm. they did in the show, and I think the sh- the show direction. Uh, I've read the books, but the decision to not do what they did in the show, or the decision not and to do wait. what in the books <laughs> in the show, is so much better considering how awesome this one person is that we'll mention. Oh, Okay,
1: you know, I know who you're talking about. I now. think
2: we but... talked about it in the pilot. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think a
1: little
2: bit. Yeah, but... yeah. I'll say it for for two weeks when we talk about it.
1: <laughs> awesome so yeah definitely a really really good episode or season also just a really great premiere season too definitely gets you connected to the characters you're committed to the storyline and i'm sure you know it was easy for viewers to keep wanting more and to be excited for the second season
2: for sure and every actor does an amazing job in the show like i mm-hmm. our- We have our main cast, essentially, but we definitely have our, you know, priority characters that we follow throughout the first season that are established, and I'm trying to look at this from my eyes of, like, not watching the rest of the entire show. Yeah,
1: right, yeah. Um,
2: But, you know, we have, like, our A-tier characters of Sookie, Bill, Sam, Jason, and Tara, really, Um, and then we get kind of below them on the priority list when it comes to importance for this season specifically are, like, Lafayette, Andy... Letty Mae, mm-hmm. Renee, who ends up becoming more important, uh, Amy,
1: Arlene,
2: Arlene, yeah. Like, <sighs> I would like almost consider Eric also like C tier because he's not very yeah. important at all in this season.
1: Especially if you didn't see anything else, you only saw the first season, you would probably be like, "Eh, he'll probably show up a couple times."
2: Yeah, and they all become so much more important throughout the rest of the show, which is awesome because mm-hmm. every character kind of gets their own moment at one point or another whether or not they're great or not you know yeah they still they still do get a uh, a big moment in the show but uh yeah that's the end of season one um and then season two picks up from there it gets wild it gets crazy it feels like you know season one very much has one thing going on it's the murders okay. or anything like that and that's the main plot right and then, like, season two, they do two plots. And then season three, they do more plots. And then it just, it's more and more as it goes on. So it's definitely refreshing to watch this season and be like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Let's stick with that okay. and I can kind of filter things in and out. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like this season. What would you give this season, like, overall out of ten? Um,
1: honestly, maybe a nine. I don't think there's much wrong with it, to be honest especially like i said for a premiere season like this is what they're showing you know network the network and audiences this is what we got i think they did a really really great job
2: yeah i think I would go with an eight just for the sole fact that i'm going to rank other seasons higher higher yeah yeah um and then other seasons much lower yeah um but i mean looking at the the ratings for the show as it goes on here like the first episode debuted with one point four four million viewers viewers u s viewers uh, and then by the end of the second by the end of the first season at two point four five so the growth nice. was there, it was riding high, the momentum was building uh, and season two is also great it, it really excited to talk about this season because there's a lot more that goes on, more characters are welcomed into the show when it comes to being important uh, but yeah, I do really, really like this season,
1: yeah. I agree. So cool. Everyone listening, let us know if this is your favorite season, if you don't like the season, what you would give it out of 10. We want to know. Um, yeah, let us know. And then, of course, as Max said in the beginning of the episode, we won't be doing season two next week. We'll be doing them bi weekly. So be sure to check out our season two recap, review, looking back, all that good stuff um, in a couple weeks from now. And as always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next
2: week yes and one final thing before we go if you're watching along with us and it's also for you but you already know not to do this um if you're watching the show never skip the intro it's the best intro yeah (laughs) it's the best intro (laughs)
0: accurate save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app